Are you ready for some word today? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs, the 14th chapter this morning. Now, now, if you know me very well, you know that I value the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit, more than I value the leading of the calendar. And, and so uh, uh, the resurrection of, of the Lord Jesus is something that we celebrate not, not once a year, but as many of you know, that's a continual subject in our teaching and our messages. And if it's really, if it's, if it's not, I mean, I would really question uh, what message someone is preaching and what a church would really be about because it is the central focus of, of our lives with, with him. And as the scriptures say, if that weren't the case, uh, the resurrection, then, then our faith is in vain. Isn't that right? And so this is a, a very important thing. The Lord gave me a new message last, well, I began to share it with you last week, a new series. And actually, it, it ties in real well with what I have to share today with the time of year that we're in. So praise God for that. Amen? <laughs> and uh, here's this new message. Uh, it's entitled, This, Not That. All right? This, not that we've been able to discover in the Word of God that the Lord in His, in His great love and mercy toward us has shown us options. And we're making choices every single day, but He's shown us that we have options to choose from, but He's, again, gracious to show us which option is best. You know, A, B, C, choose this one. You know, like in the Old Covenant, the Word of God says that I have set before you life and death. Therefore, choose life. You know, blessing and cursing, so forth. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. The Lord gives us the answer. But in many practical areas of life, the Lord has also told us that this is better than this. Okay? Last week, we were sharing with you about the fact that His loving kindness is better than life. His loving kindness is better than life. There is nothing you and I can ever experience in this life. There is no high that you've had. There is no thrill that you've experienced that even measures up to what that could have been with the love and kindness of God revealed to you in your life. Praise God. And uh, so let's read our, our, our text for this. Uh, Proverbs 14 and verse 12, it, it reads, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Its end is the way of death. And so like we said to you before, there is a trend, a, a, a thought current that flows through the human race, and without help, without assistance, without a tool to fix it, Mankind has a tendency to think they're going the right way when in reality they're going the wrong way. And I know that that's true, so what it should be, what it should do for me is help me to pause, you know, to look before I leap, look in the Word of God, look into the leading, leading of the Spirit of God so I don't make a whole lot of wrong choices thinking that I'm making the right one. Because look, this is what's happening. This is what is uh, a normal part of the human race. People make choices that are completely opposite of what they should make. And then say, God, why is this happening to me? 
you made the wrong choice, dude. <laughs> There's a way that seemed right to you, but it's not right. It just seemed right. How many know seemed right and is right? Two different things. <laughs> you can you, you 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 can seem it can seem like something's right but not be and so the Bible clearly states again that some things are better than others and our job is simply to to believe these revelations and act accordingly it, it is the fool that continues to act in his own way that says this is what I think this is what I believe this is my way and I'm going to do that that is just abundantly foolish in fact the Bible says in Proverbs twelve fifteen the way of the fool is right in his own eyes but he who heeds counsel is wise. And so the fool just continues on in his own ways and said, this is me, this is my way, this is what I think, and, uh, and, and, you know, falling headlong into a ditch, but bless God, they maintained their own righteousness, they maintained their own uh, rightness in, in life, but it didn't really help them. And so I want to share with you another better than today. Are you ready? You can probably figure it out a little bit, uh, but here, here's another better than that the Word of God tells us, and that is the new covenant is better than the old covenant, all right? As a result of Jesus being raised from the dead and solidifying and finalizing this opportunity and potential that we have to be with God, now we are told multiple times through Scripture that the new way is better than the old way. Now, it doesn't even seem like it's, it's logical that it would have to be told us that. I mean, because as we show you here, the comparison between new and old is very stark, all right? But, but yet many times, well, people around the world are trying to approach God the old way, and many people in the church, many people who have come into a relationship with God are still on a day-to-day basis approaching the Lord the old way. They, they relate to Him the old way. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, I think about it. If we were presented here a nice, new, bright, shiny 2012 uh, something. <laughs> you know, shiny so it has wheels and motor. <laughs> it hums. Uh, what is it? Mercedes. Oh, it's a Mercedes. Last night it was a Corvette. <laughs> but if we're presented that and then also sitting right next to it is a, you know, 1975 Pacer. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we'd really have, you know, a difficult time deciding uh, which one is better than the other one. <laughs> Did anybody own a Pacer sometime in their life? <laughs> you did, for real. That is the ugliest car they have ever made. I, I used to watch those as a kid before I was ever able to drive. Uh, not to say anything about age here or anything, but uh, <laughs> I used to see those. That is the ugliest car they have ever made. It's, it, was, it was uglier than the, than the Yugo. Anyway, likewise, though, as stark as that comparison might be, if we really see these things clearly, the new and the old covenants are, are really very different very different. And if we recognize and see what the Lord has provided through his death, burial, and resurrection, there should be no confusion about how we're going to approach God. But again, I'm going to trip some brains here today because people get ground in their old ways. And, you know, why do people choose the wrong thing? Sometimes it's because it's all they've known. I've been taught this. It's been 
shared with me from the time I was young, and this is just the way I think, it's the way that I am, way that I am. But it could be wrong. And when it comes to this, this is so vitally important. And, uh, and that's why the Bible tells us over and over again. But the new covenant is better than the old covenant. The ways of man, again, that we're dealing with will fight against this. Religion raises its, uh, raises its ugly head. And people, I just think, try to, they want to keep people under control. Religion tries to hold people down. We've got to control your life, control what you do. And all of that comes from the old way, though, because this new way is abundant in freedom. It's abundant in liberty. Uh, Look with me at Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews, the seventh chapter. If you're new to church, then we'll have these scriptures for you on the screen. You can read along with us, help them register uh, on you a little bit better. And uh, I do my best to, uh, to make a deposit of, of something powerful and scriptural into your life today so God will work in your life as opposed to, you know, you just walk away from here and someone says, hey, what was church about? And you have no clue. <laughs> it was about God. <laughs> it was about the Bible. Um, we try to take it a little bit deeper than that. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 19, it reads this way, for the law made nothing perfect. But now when we talk about the law, just adapt this thinking in your mind that's the old way that we're talking about old covenant new all right the law it bible says made nothing perfect well there's obviously an insinuation there that what we're getting into does make things perfect right but he said the law made nothing perfect uh on the other hand so not this not this but that or however i say that this, not that. Uh, on the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. Okay? So the better hope is the only method by which we can draw near to God. So if I come by the old way, I cannot draw near to God. But if I come by the new way, I can. So that pretty much shows us things real clear already how one is better than the other how the old is far inferior to the new because the old way i can't draw near to god here's the old way you stay away you are you are a heathen you are full of sin you are imperfect you are lacking you are wanting you are defiled and you have to stay back from a holy perfect and righteous god But the new way makes it possible where things in your life, and really talking about your spirit, gets made perfect so that you can draw near to a perfect God. And you see, if I approach the Lord the old way, then I could never come close. But if I approach Him the new way, I'm welcome and I'm accepted and I can draw draw near to the Lord. Okay, And so, basically, when we talk about the Old Testament law, Understand what we're referring to. Uh, We're talking about the Old Testament commandments. Law or requirements. 
regulations, commandments. We're talking about the Ten Commandments. We're talking about many, many other rules and regulations and commandments that they were given during that time. And this is where, like I've already said, it trips up a lot of even Christians in our day with their thinking because they worship the Ten Commandments, they worship the law, uh, the law of Moses, and not realizing that the, that the Scriptures tell us again and again and again that there is a better way. That there is a new way. It's a new hope. And if you'll come the new way, like we said, you can draw close to God. But the old way was basically designed to point out people's flaws. God set up a standard of perfection. And he knew that in doing so, that no one would be able to measure up to it. And so the the reality was people would approach God and his holy perfect standard and always fall short. I mean, that's kind of a bummer, isn't it? But that's really what it was designed to do. It wasn't designed to make people feel good about themselves. It was designed to make people feel bad about themselves. To, to approach a holy, righteous God and see, I am like a long way off from this. I am far beneath this. And it, it, it basically showed a very clear picture of how holy and righteous God was and how unrighteous and how unholy all of creation was. Okay, and so so in doing that and in in, in providing this this old way, not only did it show people how they were missing it, it also prescribed appropriate punishments for missing it. (laughs) So this is what you got to do, but you're not going to be able to. And if you don't do this, you get these curses and you get these problems. (laughs) Kind of a bummer, huh? Anybody want to drive the pacer yet? See, we were born into a day, all of us, where all that stuff is history. We were born into a day, a covenant, after Jesus was raised from the dead. See, there were thousands of years prior to that, but we happen to be born now. We, we don't ever have to experience that. That law was basically designed to strengthen sin. Uh, is, I think it's Romans 7 that says that it causes sin to come alive in a person. And, and, and that's why it makes absolutely zero sense... For a church in our day to be preaching law, to be preaching, uh, just be preaching all these requirements, these things that you must do. Because all it does is strengthen the ability of sin to rule over a person. That's what it was designed to do. And it still works. And if, so, it's, if it's all about rules, 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 you've got to look this way, act this way, talk this way, dress this way, breathe this way. You know, it's all about all these things you must do. We're all going to fall short and therefore feel bad about ourselves. And if you come in with guilt and condemnation and all this stuff into the presence of God, it just doesn't flow. It doesn't work. We must approach the new way. The new way is far, far superior. Now, of course, you know, the positive side of that old way is it it showed people a a proper standard of right and wrong. And, you know, it it removed a deception that still exists among many people today that uh, and it basically has to do with self-righteousness. People think, oh, I'm good. You're good. We're all good. You know, I mean, you know, it's it's the idea that God grades grades on a curve. And, uh, you know, we're all doing pretty good. No, that's deception. And God's holy standard, standard of righteousness shows us that, no, that's not the way that we can approach him. Because we all fail and we all fall short in that, in that regard. And so 
contrasting the old versus the new, the old, as the scripture says here, made no one perfect. It didn't make, it says it made nothing perfect. Whereas the new, through the new birth, the spirit of man is now made perfect and can stand before a holy God. See, the old way dealt with the outward man and dealt with outward actions. The new way deals with the inward man and causes all things to be made new. Praise the Lord. Now, if you look at the at the 22nd verse right there, a couple of verses down, it says again, by so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. He's become a surety of a better covenant. But again, I want to draw your attention to the, this thought. We're told this again and again and again. But why are we told this? Because of the tendency of, the, of human beings to gravitate towards what doesn't work. To gravitate towards a, a way that is contrary to God's ways. And not that we're saying the law is, or the old way, is a bad thing. It was given by the Lord. It was a God thing. It's not bad. It's just not designed for righteous people. Okay? And that's what 1 Timothy chapter 1 says, that the law was given for people who are unrighteous, unholy. People who, and it gives all kinds of adjectives there. But the person who has been made the righteousness of God in Christ person who's been born again, you try to live under the law and it doesn't even work for you anymore because you've already acknowledged I've sinned and come short of God's glory. We've already known the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And we bowed our knee and confessed Jesus as Lord and his righteousness was then imputed to us and our sin was washed away. So now we can't live under the old method. Now we approach God completely based upon the new way. Is everybody with me today? Okay. That the 8th chapter of Hebrews, just a page over. You got a Bible like mine? Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6. It says, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. Okay. So again, we see better covenant, better promises. Does that mean the other promises were Bad promises. No, these are just better promises. All right? There are other promises. These are better promises. You know, someone asked me one time, how can I know when I read the Bible, when I read the Old Testament, how can I know which of those scriptures and which of those promises are for me? Because, you know, they're written to different groups. They're written to the Old Testament covenant Jew, uh, how do I know which ones I can take? Well, the simple answer is this. I'll explain why. But the simple answer is this. Anything good, take it. (laughs) Anything bad, don't. That might like we're, sound like we're just, you know, self-serving, picking the Bible apart. We'll take the good stuff and throw away the bad, you know, the bad stuff or the things we don't like. Uh, but the reality is, is, is that is the case, okay? If you have a new covenant established upon better promises, that doesn't mean that now the promises of God, because Jesus is alive, that now his promises are all relegated to an area that we can't relate to. In other words, they're all in a spirit realm now, but before... Does that make sense? 
In other words, in the Old Covenant, you've got promises of healing, of protection, promises of prosperity. You've got promises of, of God going before them and making a way. And all these natural things that people had to live with every day in their life. And some have implied that, well, in the New Testament, the promises are now spiritual. So your spirit's good, but you're going to be sick, broke, depressed until you get to heaven. No, 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 no. That's not better. How, how is that better? See, the, the better covenant, better promises mean I get all the stuff from the old, plus I get everything that they had. Plus, now I have the living Christ living on the inside of me. Plus, the mystery that was hidden for thousands of years and kept away from people. They couldn't comprehend it. That it would be Christ in us, the hope of glory. That I get His peace and love and joy as a part of my recreated, born-again human spirit. Plus, He's going to take care of me. Plus, by His stripes I am healed. Plus, I have the peace of God ruling and reigning in my heart. It is all the stuff combined together. And He says, this is better. You might want to go with that. Amen. Amen. And so the Lord hasn't taken anything away from us. I mean, if you were going to buy a new house... You say, hey, I'm selling my house, or, or, or maybe you were renting or something. I'm getting a new house. I'm getting a, getting a better house. Um, you know, if your last house was, you know, say uh, 3,000 feet and, and uh, had, uh, you know, had, had wood floors and, and tile floors and, and crown molding and, and granite countertops and, and, uh, and what's some other good stuff? <laughs> had a maid, thank you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You had great landscaping and, and some mature trees and, and, and all this stuff. And you say, I'm moving into a better house. Well, tell me about it. It's a thousand feet. It has vinyl floors. You know, it's got a drain in the middle. We just wash stuff down and... <laughs> You know, you know what I'm talking about? And you know, and you went through, went through all the stuff and you thought, that's better? Likewise, the Lord didn't strip all the good stuff out of the new covenant and say, hey, this one's better. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> no, he has added and increased. And now we have union with him in addition to every natural promise and provision for our lives. We have this joint relationship with God that it cannot be measured by anything else. Praise the Lord. And so, again, why would we be told this? People tend to stay with what they know, even if it's wrong. To do a little comparison, the old versus the new, I made a short list. The old is about guilt. The new is about innocence. See, the old is, man, you're a rascal. You need to feel bad about yourself. You need to, you are, you are a scum. <laughs> you fall short, but the new one is, man, I've been clean. I've been made clean. The old is about condemnation. The new is about commendation. The old is about sin consciousness. You need to be aware, constantly reminded. Remember the sacrifices again and again and again. Be reminded. Let, your, let yourself know that you have sin. It's an evil thing. Constantly seeing sacrifices. But how many know New Testament? Uh, it's about righteousness consciousness. 
One sacrifice forever has perfected us. One sacrifice for all of our sins, past, present, and future has been made so that now we have right standing with Him. Praise God. The old is about being powerless. The new is about being powerful. See, the old sin would dominate a person. People are under the control of the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. But now in this new covenant, we are empowered and given life to dominate. Listen, can I throw out a side nugget here? If you continually struggle in an area of life, if you continually are defeated by temptation or by a bondage or a sin, to that degree and in that area, you are still living under the old. But a revelation of the new and understanding that we have been made free and we've been given right standing in place with God. It will erase and eradicate sin's dominion over your life. See, this stuff is not easily many times erased from a person's consciousness. That is the way of relating to God that I have to do, I have to perform, I have to act, I have to be this in order for God to accept me and love me and embrace me and, 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 and do good things in my life. So many are still trying to perform for God when they don't realize that Jesus was the performer. Jesus is the only one that could and thank God He did perform perfectly on your behalf. And now the acceptance of that erases all further effort that I have to do anything else to get God to love me anymore. This is a much better way. See, the old is about bondage, but the new is about freedom. The old is about death, and the new is about life. The old is all about you, but the new is all about Jesus. Amen. How many understand that the, that the covenant that God made that, that we have with the Lord today is not directly between the Father and us. But it is between the Father and Jesus. And we access by faith when we believe and put our trust in Him. We have full access exactly like Jesus does. The Bible says we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. So everything that He has accomplished, everything that He has won, it has been credited to my account. And in this new covenant, I am victorious over sin. I have been raised from the dead. I have been given new life and standing with God. I seat, I'm seated at the right hand of the Father, meaning all the work is completed. Nothing Nothing else has to be done and I am at rest for eternity in my labors of trying to please God and live right before Him. Now I've been made right in Christ. I've been given that perfect place of assurance, of acceptance and forever being in that relationship. That's what this new way provides. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Look with me at another scripture in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And you can see uh, some more of this. Oh, this is a powerful thing. This is a powerful thing. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, And you, uh, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, that means spiritually dead and without a covenant with God, uh, He has made alive together with Him. What's that talking about? Made alive. How many know what that is? That's the resurrection right there. When was Jesus made alive? On that third day. He was made alive. But what the scripture says? You were made alive with him. So that's why we say today is not just when Jesus was raised from the dead. Today is when you were raised from the dead. 
So this is the day that I was raised from the dead. That's what the Bible says, that we were made alive with him. Yay. Having, uh, having forgiven you all your trespasses. Does all mean all? Does all mean some? Does all mean I got to work on this? No, all means all. It's a finished deal. It's, a, it's an accomplished fact in the mind of God. All our trespasses have been forgiven. Well, you don't mean like all of them. Like, like not like all of them, right? I mean, just like most of them. Or like all the ones that I did before I got saved. There are religions today that teach that. Oh, yeah, Jesus died for your, all the sins, uh, the sin nature. But the things that you do, well, that's on you. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's, it, all is either all or it's not all. I'm going to go with all. <laughs> he has forgiven us all our trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. And you know what that is? That's called the old way. That's the law. What do you mean the requirements? The commandments of the Old Testament. There were hundreds of them. Including the ten, but hundreds of them. What did he do? Wiped them out. You say we don't have to live by those anymore? Of course not. Why would we when Jesus went through so much to get rid of it? He, I mean, he didn't abolish it. He, the scripture says he fulfilled it all. But how did he fulfill it for? For him? No, he fulfilled it for us. Because we were the ones that were required to live by that, but couldn't. It was impossible, so he came along and did it. And then he removed it from as the requirement for our lives. Now, uh, uh, he said, which was contrary to us. No, these, these things, these commandments were against us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So Jesus dealt with the old way. He dealt with the old covenant. He, 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 he fulfilled it and then removed it as the, as the burden over our lives that we would try to fulfill. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm in the Mercedes today. Uh, it is of no benefit to your relationship with God uh, to drive the Yugo or the pacer it is of no benefit for you and i to try to add something to it in fact it's it's insulting it's insulting to the spirit of grace to try to add anything to it nowadays usually this time of year we read articles in the in the news about about some folks out in the in the in the philippines who will crucify themselves anybody read those stories and, uh, and they're different people. Every year they do this. And they, they literally have themselves crucified. Not to the point of death. Uh, but they nail themselves to the cross. And uh, as a sign of whatever. Maybe it's penance. Maybe it's their commitment to God. But how many know that's the way of man. That's a deception of the devil. To think that if you suffer really hard. If you do what Jesus did on the cross. Or some version of it. Then somehow that gives you a better, better place with the Lord. Absolutely not. It does just the opposite. 
It's taking away from the fact that Jesus did it in full and complete, that, he, that his words were true when he hung on the cross and said, it is finished. All the sacrifices, all the requirements, all the laws that were written against you to condemn you and make you knowledgeable of sin, they have been dealt with, they have been done away, and now, <laughs> thank you, Lord, we have new life in him. Now we approach him on a whole nother level. Thank you, Lord. So when it comes to a a practical application of this, how are we to live now in this new and better way? Well, you know, we're not supposed to try to perform for God. Don't try to perform for him. Accept that Jesus has performed perfectly on your behalf. Don't, don't, Don't serve God out of obligation. Don't serve him out of out of guilt. Don't sort of serve him out of I have to or I'm in trouble. No, we serve the Lord out of our desire for him. We serve him out of our commitment for him, out of thanks for what he has already done for us on our behalf. And again, the your mind, the mind of man and religious thought will fight against this. No, you have to do this, this, and this. No, you have to fulfill all these things. And it's, it's, a, it's fear. It's, it's like our government these days. Can I take a side journey for a moment? How, how many know there's a lot of problems in our world because sin is so rampant, they have to have new rules and regulations for all the bad things that people do. And the more our society goes, you have to stop people from doing sinful things that harm other people, that harm the society. They don't call it sin, you know, you know what I'm saying. But, but have to have another rule and regulation. And what that just keeps increasing. You know, the only way to fix this is not through an election, but it is through the new birth. It is to where you will be regulated from the inside out. It is where God writes His laws on your heart and you are spirit-led and there's some things you just won't do to another person. You just won't take advantage of this situation not because there's a law saying you're going to go to jail if you do it because there is a living spirit of Christ on the inside of you. There is a spirit of love that says that compels you to act different. That's why what the land needs is revival, man. What the land needs is the gospel preached so that people get set free on the inside. Not have another rule. Not have another law. Not, ha- not go back to the old way that says you're a dog. You're a rascal. You are good for nothing. But it says, no, you are forgiven in him. Give him glory. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. And the more we operate in this new way... Oh, the more that our lives do conform to His image. The more we do live for Him. But it's different. You got one person who they're going to church and they're praying and they're reading their Bible and they're giving, they're serving, they're doing all these things because they feel like a rascal if they don't. They feel condemned and beat up and as, as if God's upset with them and God's mad at them. Then you got someone else who says, you know, Thank you, Lord. You did it for me. I'm accepted in Jesus. I am loved by you at all times. And they'll do some of the same things, but they're free on the, on the inside where the other person's bound. They'll serve, they'll read, they'll pray, they'll do all these things, but not because of, I have to. It's just, he's my Lord. I love him. I serve him. I'm not given because someone's going to, you know, God's the mafia, he's going to take me out if I don't. You know what I'm talking about? You've got to give to stop the curse. <laughs> No, I give, I'm given because I love the Lord. He gave his life for me. And everything that we do in life should come that way. 
Someone said, no, we need another rule. You know, even at the very beginning, God dealt with Adam and Eve. And he said, here's a garden for you guys. Tend it, keep it, but have at it. They had this massive place. And he said, you can have anything you want. Just stay away from one thing. One thing. People today would say, oh, no, you've got to set up a few more boundaries than that, God. I mean, these guys are about to do some crazy stuff. He said, no, just stay away from the one. And how many know in our day, today, in this new and better way, this new covenant we have, it is all about the acceptance or rejection of Jesus. It is all about today whether a person receives him or a person rejects him. All goes back to one thing. I mean, the Lord made this pretty easy for us, huh? Just get right with God. Just accept the Lord Jesus and everything will change from that point. Amen. Amen. Romans talks about, I just finished up here, but Romans talks about, Romans chapter 10 talks about people who would approach God and they tried to establish their own righteousness and they wouldn't submit to the righteousness of God. Likewise, it is true today when we uh, don't recognize that God's new way is better than the old way, what we're doing is we're saying, me, my righteousness, I must, I've got to. This is what I need to do to gain acceptance and favor with God. And that is rebellion towards God. Oh, but I'm trying to live right. That's rebellion before God. Submission to God's righteousness says, I can't do it. No way I can, but He has done it for me. He has done it in me. And I just live in thanksgiving for His forgiveness and for His blessing. Amen, amen, amen. The Lord is so good today. Pray with me now. Father, for your goodness and for your faithfulness, we're so thankful. We're thankful for Jesus who has given his life, who has, who has shed his blood, and who has been raised from the dead on our behalf. Father, we're not, we don't want to add anything to it. We don't want to take anything away from it. But we want to honor you by walking in the light of it filled with the knowledge of your will operating in your love and grace thank you Lord for working in our lives today you, you, you are so much better and this new living way is so much better than any other way Lord thank you for establishing us in this truth for helping our hearts to be, to be open wide to see all that you have made us to be We honor you and bless you in Jesus' name.